Sometimes, in order to make ends meet, people take up really high-paying jobs, like stripping. These types of jobs can help give you a head start on paying off some debt, but people don't realize how dangerous this can actually be. You will often get somebody who creates a false relationship or idea in their brain, and once turned down, will react violently. This was the case for Rachel Sieny, who only wanted to pay off her college debt, but instead got thrown off a bridge, alive. Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Lulu, and happy 2022. It's a new year, and let's get some stuff done this year. Now, I'm already kind of bummed out because I honestly planned, sat down, and recorded a YouTube video. Um, but I moved, like, stations so that I could have a cute backdrop and whatever, and my audio sounded terrible. I could not get over that. I like, I just, I can't give you guys terrible audio. So I literally scrapped the whole thing and threw it away. And I am now re-recording what I already tried to record because it just sounded so bad. So I'm going to mess around with things a little bit this month, try to figure out how to make my audio sound better. And if it doesn't sound better, I have some other things in mind so that we can get this on YouTube still in a different kind of way, just not exactly the way that I had envisioned. So wish me luck. Hopefully we get that done soon. But like I said, this was supposed to be our first YouTube video. I had this planned for months and it just, it didn't work out. But Regardless of that, we are still here today. We are posting for the first time in 2022, and I'm so excited to see what this year is going to bring to us, and I'm so excited to give you some of these cases and some other things that I have planned this year. Um, I do, I'm going to let you know now, right off the bat, plan on uploading on Fridays now as well. They will be different though, so Monday is going to be our true crime, our crime talk where we hang out and Fridays is going to be a little different. I am hoping I can get that done this time since, you know, I'm now having to record this late. But even if you don't end up getting the first Friday upload this Friday, you are going to for sure get it next Friday. And that the plan is to do every Friday. Um, I'm not making any promises right now, so let's just plan on every Friday, and if that does have to change, I will let you know, but yeah, I am excited to post twice a week now and to give you guys a wider variety of things. Anyways, thank you for giving me a week off. It was definitely needed. My son got violently sick, and that was, you know, how I spent my week off, but it was really good for him for me to be able to spend time with him and to make sure he feels a lot better um, and not have to, you know, try to work around that. So thank you for being patient and giving me a week off. I know we already talked about it, but just thank you. Thanks for coming back in 2022. I'm so glad to talk to everybody again. I missed you. And let's go ahead and hop into Rachel's case. Now, Rachel Sieny was born on April 18th, 1978. 
She was born in Pennsylvania, and very early on in her childhood, her parents ended up getting a divorce. Um, when her parents separated, she it sounded like she bounced a little bit back and forth until her mother ended up dying only a few years after her parents separated. This ended up leaving Rachel having to go and live with her father, which she didn't mind. She had a pretty good relationship with her father. Her father, early on in her childhood as well, remarried a woman named Janet. Now, once her father was remarried, Rachel ended up gaining two brothers. These two stepbrothers were named Thomas and Charles. This, in the end, would leave Rachel with four brothers, actually. She would have two biological brothers named Anthony and Williams, and those two stepbrothers, Thomas and Charles. Now, there's not a ton about her childhood. Um, it kind of sounds like she had a really normal childhood, and it does sound like all of these brothers all lived together with her, and they just had a really, a pretty good household, which is so good for Rachel. And some of this is evidence with the fact that she actually stayed with the family until she turned 21. She actually never really moved out. When she turned 21, however, she was actually employed as an erotic dancer. Now, I do not want anybody to come at Rachel, or anybody for that matter, for erotic dancing. I know multiple people who do it, and it's very taboo that these people are druggies and they're terrible and all this and that's really not the case you know the people that I know live a very normal life they have homes and children and they're happy and they they're nothing like what that stereotype is and Rachel does not fit in this stereotype at all the only reason she was actually erotic dancing was because she had decided that she wanted to pursue a degree in psychology and college is expensive and you get paid a lot for erotic dancing. So she actually ended up using pretty much every single one of her dollars that she earned from erotic dancing to go directly into this schooling. She was paying for it out of pocket and she honestly like pinched pennies so hard. Rachel would actually drive a very, very old beat up Lincoln sedan. And she didn't mind because in Rachel's mind, this erotic dancing was very temporary. It was literally only going to be what she did to pay off college. And then as soon as she got a job in the psychology field, she was going to quit. The only thing, however, that this erotic dancing did was it really brought up some questions in Rachel. Like I said, she did want this degree in psychology, but Rachel actually, as she danced, started to grow really fond of acting. This is because Rachel in her normal day-to-day -day life was a very shy girl. But when she was on stage dancing, it was like she was playing a part. I mean, I mean, you've You've probably seen a million and a half shows about erotic dancing. You might have actually seen erotic dancers. It really is a lot of playing a part for these people, you know, so they tip you a little more. And as Rachel danced more and more, she really realized that she loved that. She loved playing parts. She loved acting. So Rachel had become torn with the choice of acting or psychology. 
but she still decided she was going to finish this degree in psychology because Rachel, before the incident, had 57 of 60 credits completed. She was almost done. So even let's be honest, if she finished in that psychology degree, quit her dancing job and went on to be an actor instead, she'd always have a good fallback. So it wasn't that bad to finish you know, this degree. Now, just like we just jumped into 2022, we're already gonna jump right up into this case. In early 2000s, she was found under a New York turnpike bridge. When they first found Rachel, she was unidentified and they thought that it was a suicide. Um, Hopefully none of you guys have had experience with anybody close to you committing suicide, but it is standard for the authorities to immediately treat any suicide as a homicide until proven different. This is because it is fairly easy to try and cover up a homicide with a suicide. So they had to do their normal homicide investigation with Rachel, even though to them it looked pretty cut and dry. It looked like she had jumped off the bridge. But during this investigation, they discovered blood on the side of the bridge. Immediately, this raised red flags because it is possible for Rachel to have injured herself and still jumped. But most of the time, somebody's not going to do that. They will do one or the other. They're not going to do both. And this was a significant amount of blood. Not even enough that they thought that Rachel could really climb over this bridge. So then, this brought up some ideas that maybe this wasn't this cut and dry suicide that they thought it was. And maybe somebody threw Rachel over the bridge. They sent unidentified Rachel off for an autopsy. The autopsy would confirm this. In this autopsy, they discovered that she was previously injured by something else that was not inflicted, not self-inflicted. And then Rachel was thrown over this bridge while she was still alive. The reason that they knew this is because of how her blood flowed when she fell. They also discovered that her blood had pooled into her eyes. And this happens usually when somebody is choked very, very hard because the blood vessels in your eyes pop. Quickly after the authorities were informed that their worst fears were true, they knew that they had to get a name for this unidentified woman. So they decided to put up her description on the news. They did not put any pictures. It was just a description about her, her case, and if anybody had any information as to who this unidentified person was or who was responsible, because at this point they knew that this wasn't a suicide. And unfortunately for one of Rachel's ex-boyfriends, he was watching the news that night. And the description that they gave sounded exactly like Rachel. He ended up calling and putting a tip in. And this is where they could confirm who this unidentified person was. On top of that, they also had some of Rachel's employers call and inform them that they were concerned because Rachel had not shown up to work. 
That is one great thing, honestly, about this type of work. You see this with sex workers, you see this with dancers. They look out for each other. They know that they're in a dangerous job. And I'm really glad that the employers called and informed the police. And this was another reason why they did think that this was Rachel. And then when her ex-boyfriend called, they confirmed it and they went and talked to the parents. Early, early on in the relationship, the parents were a suspect. This is because usually family ends up killing family. It's just kind of how it is. Most of the time, a person who kills somebody has something against them, is mad at them, or has some sort of connection and knows them. This is not always the case. This is one of the reasons why it makes serial killers so scary, because they are really hard to track because most of the time their victims have no ties to the serial killer. They did also discover that her parents did not agree with her dancing. They thought it was a bad decision that Rachel could pay off her college debt in other ways and that it was dangerous. When they questioned the parents, however, they did talk about how they did not agree with her dancing, but that she was an adult and could make her own decisions and that they made that clear to Rachel, even though they didn't agree with her choice of careers currently, that she was a full-grown woman and could decide what she wanted to do and that they did support her decisions, even if they didn't like it. Once they cleared the parents and the family, they had to move on to other suspects. This is where they would focus on a cook at one of her jobs because most strippers work at multiple different places. This gentleman's club, however, was her most often worked at place. And this cook they found out from questioning her coworkers was obsessed with Rachel. So obsessed that he actually would not leave her alone. He ended up getting fired from this gentleman's club because of his stalking and creepiness to Rachel. But they were able to clear him. Wasn't the cook. But during this questioning, a couple of Rachel's co-workers brought up someone else. A regular at this gentleman's club. Now this regular loved Rachel. There were days that he would pay for Rachel to just sit and talk to him. He wasn't unknown though, because as much as he did like Rachel, he did see some of the other dancers. And there was actually times where his wife would also join him, not necessarily for the dancing, but she would drop and pick him up after these visits to this gentleman club. So she was his DD, pretty much. She would sit down and have breakfast with him and the dancers. He would literally take these dancers out and pay for breakfast. And she was okay with all this and very aware of what he was doing. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but it's a very interesting thing to me because she was okay with him spending little hundreds of dollars on these just women all the time. And she would have breakfast with them, which is like kind of weird to me because my husband, if he decided he wanted to go to a gentleman's club, wouldn't bother me at all. But if he told me he wanted to take the dancers out to breakfast and invited me, I think that would make me a little uncomfortable. I don't know why. I just, that to me, that would make me uncomfortable. But everybody's relationship is different and that's okay. 
These dancers would talk about how this regular would throw very large bills at the dancers that he liked. He would throw out 20s most of the time. And like I said, he would invite them out to breakfast and stuff. And in turn, this did get him more popularity with the dancers. All of them wanted to dance next to him and be around him because he paid a lot of money to be there and to watch them dance. While they investigated this and talked to people about this man, the dancers informed the authorities that they knew him as Jack. That was the name that he went by. But after doing some digging and investigation, they discovered that his real name was John Denofa. I am going to refer to him as Jack, however, because I that's just how the dancers knew him as. And I don't know, I feel like I just like to do that better since that's really, you know, how he was portrayed and who he was during this investigation until they discovered his actual name. Now, I do want to talk about Jack a little bit more, and you probably know why, but Jack was a very successful man. He owned Apex Signs and Supplies, which was a wholesale business. This was located on Railwood Drive in Pennsylvania. This business brought in so much money that this family, Jack and his wife, were able to live lavishly. I mean, that's one of the reasons why she didn't really care that he threw all this money at these strippers. Because in reality, she had so much more money at home that it didn't bother her. They lived in a four-bedroom, three-bathroom house that was located on Deep Creek Way in Pennsylvania. And this is probably another reason why, like I said, his wife didn't mind because she probably had so much money that I'm not saying gold digger, but probably didn't really care that he wanted to go spend money on these dancers because she had so much money that like, whatever. Do you get what I mean? Even though Jack was successful, he was not the respected citizen that everybody thought he was. Jack actually would get into a lot of trouble all of the time. They were always little things though. For example, one of the reasons his wife brought him to the strip club and took him home was because she did not want him to drink and drive. This was because Jack had already gotten a couple DUIs on his record. And if she didn't go and pick Jack up, he would drive home. There was times where he did and didn't get pulled over and there was times that he did and got a DUI. That already shows you who Jack is as a person because anybody who's going to drink and drive in my book is not, you know what I mean? They're not a very good person because when you drink and drive, you're not only putting yourself in danger, but you're putting everybody else around you in danger. And how would you feel if you decided to get behind the wheel instead of finding a ride and you hit a kid or you hit a family and you killed a kid? Like there's so many things that I just, drinking and driving is never an option in my mind ever. I mean, even if somebody gets hurt, there's always an ambulance. You can always call a cop. A ticket is better than killing somebody. Let's talk about Jack and Rachel a little bit more. Rachel was Jack's favorite dancer. He would throw 20s at her 
left and right. Like I said, he literally would pay hundreds of dollars for like those alone rooms where you get those lap dances and whatever, just to have her sit and talk to him. There was literally times where like she would have mentioned that she hadn't eaten anything while giving him a lap dance because she's just having casual conversation with her regular and he would pay for a room and buy her food so she could take a break and eat. Jack literally spent so much money on Rachel. But they did not have any contact outside of the club. And Rachel was not interested in having any contact with him outside of the club. Like I said, Rachel was doing her job. You know what I mean? She was not looking to find anybody to fall in love with. She was doing her job so she could pay for her college. And it probably hurt Jack that the two of them had no contact, physical or emotional, at least on Rachel's side, outside of this club. Jack found Rachel just irresistible. And he wanted Rachel. He decided one night that it was time to have some contact with her outside of her place at work. And he decided that he was going to follow her. Like I said before, Rachel danced at more than one club. And she finished her club at the gentleman's club that she always saw Jack at. Changed back into her comfortable clothes, jeans, and a white sweatshirt matched with a butterfly pendant. She drove to another club to work a little longer. The club she drove to doesn't exist anymore, but Jack followed her to that club. This is when in the parking lot, Rachel would run into one of the employees there that danced at that club more often, and they ended up starting to talk and just kind of catch up. One of them had some marijuana and both of them decided to partake in some marijuana before they danced for the night. This is when the employee that she was speaking to would take a photo of them together, a selfie, which unfortunately was the selfie used later to identify her because this was taken just hours before she had actually died. Like I said, Jack wanted to have some contact with Rachel, was watching Rachel and this employee and had decided that it was time to talk to Rachel and see if she wanted to move things forwards. Remember, this there was nothing going on between these two. Jack was very, very, very drunk, and he began to cause a scene. Rachel, knowing who he was and that he was her regular, decided that she was going to offer to walk him back to the room he was staying at and help him in it for the night. She walked away from this employee, and this was the last time Rachel was seen. Obviously, the authorities did not know any of this yet, and they just knew of Jack. And when they questioned him, they decided that they wanted to search the room that he was staying at that night because they did discover that Rachel wandered off with somebody. They had that picture of Rachel at that nightclub, and Jack's hotel was so close to where Rachel was last seen. This is where they would discover a little bit of blood in the shower of the hotel. It was so little blood that they couldn't do much with it. They could not even test this blood. Outside of the room, in the parking lot of the hotel, there was also a huge blood stain on the ground. They grabbed some video surveillance from the hotel. And this was the biggest break that they could ask for. 
they saw Jack's vehicle pulling away with a body in the back. But this is where we're going to leave today's episode. We haven't done a part two in so long, we gotta start 2022 off with a two-parter. We'll talk about Rachel again on Sunday. I'll see you there. There may be false or misleading information throughout this podcast. All facts have been researched to the best of my abilities, but accidents do happen. If this is a story you are interested in knowing more about, I highly recommend doing your own research. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.